if you really want to be an artist, just make sure you're an artist and not something else. So many artists out there just have a day job. And even like growing up, all the painters that my parents knew, they were always just painting on the side with a job. But like, how much further would you have taken it? If... And obviously there's a period where it's scary and risky. But if you don't go past that, then you'll never go past it. You know, you might be a great painter, but as long as you're doing all this other bullshit, you're not going to be a painter. Like, <laughs> right, right. Right. Over the next few weeks, we are featuring some amazing world-renowned artists we're really honored to have here as a part of Mural Fest and the Gravity Phase 2 opening. So we're going to take our normal topics of childhood, their beginnings, how they ended up where they are, but it will be a short summer series featuring some really amazing, talented human beings and artists. I hope you enjoy each episode as much as I did. Adele is from Belgium and is known for combining realism, overlooked subject matter, and a passion for capturing heartfelt moments. You'll hear about Adele's passion and dedication to her craft. I hope you enjoy listening to her. Her amazing mural covers our garage at Gravity Phase 2. Her artwork now hangs in my home and um, it's great to call her a friend and to share this time with her in Columbus and also uh, here on the Gravity Podcast. All right, we are back on the Gravity Podcast today with Adele, who has been in Columbus now for how long have you been here? Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah, yeah. two weeks painting an incredible mural here at Gravity during Mural Fest. Yours is The Meadow on our very challenging parking garage, which you've made beautiful. And yeah, it's been great to have you here and appreciate you coming to Columbus and being a part of the Gravity community. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about this last night and, you know, the format is really to share the full life journey of the guests and, you know, our guests are this week, a lot of artists, but really people that are having success in all kinds of ways and really, you know, being able to have this shared journey. Mm-hmm. Everybody's is a little different, but there's a lot of overlap out there with the audience in the world. And you know, I know that you've got your story, so I'm excited to hear it, but let's start at the beginning. Talk a little bit about kind of your early days, your childhood, what you were like, your, your family dynamics, etc. So, um, I grew up in Belgium in countryside and both my parents were musicians mm. and they, they came from the city in the seventies and thought we're just going to go and live in the countryside. And mm-hmm. Um, I think they tried to have some chickens and goats in the beginning, but that didn't really work. They weren't farmers, like they were like musicians. So, yeah. but my mom always grew on vegetables in very rural um, surroundings, but my parents always traveled with their music. So I've got the traveling bug from them from a very young age. Yeah. So, so you remember being on the road with them? Yeah. Did they play together? Were they sometimes together? Mostly they're on separate projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. together still now. Mm-hmm. Maybe so there's a it. reason why you uh, 
travel mean, with your husband to, yes, to work. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't just be with someone who has a nine to five. Like, how does that work? Right. Right. And I mean, I was thinking about like, even in all the people surrounding me growing up, all my parents, friends, I don't remember anyone having a nine to five. Yeah. It's always a community of artists or like living kind of on the edge of society. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Um, so I obviously wanted to rebel and like, I'm going to go and work in advertising and study graphic design because I want to make money and uh-huh. job, but try that for two years. And like, uh, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> we're going to, we're going to get to that. Yeah. I, I'm curious though, just to hear a little bit more about, you know, you having this culture, this family, you know, your, your surroundings really all being in this creative artistic world. I mean, do you remember you know, what that felt like as a kid, or is it sort of just in hindsight, as you look back, you know, you can see the importance that had in shaping who you have become. Yeah. I mean, obviously now I look back and yeah, it's, it's all because of who my parents were. The creativity wasn't even a question, which mm-hmm. for me, it was just normal as what I knew. But then when you go to school, then you realize, oh, wait, like, not everyone's been raised up like that. Yeah. And you feel quite alienated yeah. from other kids. Because you've already seen the world. Like I was in South America when I was one year old. That I remember. But right. I, and then you go to this little provincial school and you're like, mm-hmm. like nobody gets it. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what am I doing here? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, that and, was start, like growing up is super nice to be in the countryside. But when you're like, at like 12, 13 and mm-hmm. just. They're like completely different things. Like, oh, let's do graffiti and mm-hmm. see trains and stuff. And mm-hmm. yeah, nobody. The countryside. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about when did you start to then dabble in art? How young were you? You mentioned this last I, night, but I yeah. Was, yeah. Always drawing. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I had an older neighbor and this older lady who had a, a weekend home, she would only come in the weekends, but she was an p- old painter, like amateur or not. But I would go and watch her paint. That's very early young age memories. Mm-hmm. So, and you were just intrigued or yeah, fascinated with, yeah. with what she was doing. Yeah. So sometimes she'd bring me a little canvas to try on uh-huh. and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you remember feeling or people saying to you, you know, as you were young that you were talented? I mean, do you remember kind of feeling like, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm good at this? Yeah, obviously, because my whole family is musicians, including my sister. I obviously try and play an instrument. That was the logical route, but worked very hard and not much results. Really? So I knew. What did you play? Guitar. Uh-huh. It's not the easiest of instrument either, but. Yeah. I really did put in a lot of effort and I mean, I wasn't bad, but I could yeah. tell like, so yeah there's no gifts here whatsoever <laughs> but if i was drawing uh, everyone would all be like oh my god like she's drawing this what she's only five uh-huh. years old she can draw this or like or in school like i'd be like if there was any assignment in, involving drawing people would always come to me like can you draw this for me then you quite quickly realize that you talented on that front yeah 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 it's funny i'm i've been trying to learn to play guitar for a long time now and there's definitely no gifts I'm also painting and 
Um, not, I'm not sure that there's any gifts there either, but it feels a little, it feels better. Yeah. I actually love playing guitar too, but it's, it's, it's more challenging. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So you remember kind of feeling like, you know, I'm actually pretty good at this and, and, you know, it comes naturally. It was coming naturally. What were your kind of early drawings? Do you remember like what you liked to draw, you know, even Mm -hmm. as you got a little bit older? Um, I don't draw anything, but I remember, I mean, I don't know if I remember drawing it or just because I've, those are the things that my parents kept and you keep seeing it or you see, you know, it's like seeing old photographs. You don't know if it's a real memory or just the memory of the photograph. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I remember going on nice walks with my dad and then coming back home and actually drawing like the landscape that I had seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like treetops already. So that's why it's kind of funny now. I started painting plants again after a long whirlwind of other things. Mm. Kind of feels like now I'm I'm back on my path where I was always kind of meant to be. Yeah. I was wondering about that. I didn't want to jump too far ahead, but I why not? You know, I was kind of curious about, you know, the influence of you growing up, you know, in that kind of natural yeah, landscape nature, yeah. and and now, you know, knowing what you're currently um you know working with painting even the wall here i mean yeah. it's it, there's there's a connection there yeah yeah definitely yeah. i mean i had i took a long detour of, like i said when i was 12 13 and really all i wanted was to be an urban landscape away from nature and seeing the gritty graffiti like yeah all of that and now it's you know, back to nature yeah turning to my roots really uh-huh well, let's talk a little bit about the appeal of the, of the graffiti. And, you know, Alex and I talked a little bit about this, like the culture that was around it. You know, what was it for you that really grabbed you towards, you know, doing more street graffiti work? Um, I always like danger and speed and any, anything kind of daredevilish. <laughs> That aspect definitely, um, um, I guess, I mean, I, I was into letters, even though that was not really like my, where my talent lies, but I mean, I went on to study graphic design too, same as Alex. Yeah. Just, um, I don't know, I guess uh, it was the cool thing as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. yeah. I was always a bit of a tomboy too. There's not many girls doing graffiti. I mean, none that I knew of Mm -hmm. at the time. So Mm -hmm. all of that kind of appealed to me. Yeah. It's interesting because I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. It probably was a very male dominated and maybe that was even just the, um, maybe there was part of that. that was like the street part of that was the illegal, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, there was kind of different people were with that work in different ways. Some was, some people were sort of attracted to like the vandal side of it, right? Yeah. The trouble side of it. I was definitely attracted to that. Side. You were? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and don't yet that, don't pr- tell my grandma. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that, that part might've kept a lot of young women away yeah. because the trouble could have been scary too. Yeah, but it's much easier to talk your way out of it when you go, though. <laughs> That's a great point. So much easier. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you, and you're speaking from experience, I assume. You got in your fair share of trouble? 
spend a night in jail like most people. Nothing crazy. What did your parents think about that? Well, I'm not happy. I mean, like any parents, you worry, but yeah. I mean, my parents knew that they laid out the groundwork of like building building this trust. You know, I, I traveled to South America by myself at 14. Mm. And my sister would go hitchhiking to south of France, hundred miles away, at like 12 and 13 by <laughs> ourselves. Like mm-hmm. they knew that we we knew like what was boundaries to cross and not cross. Same with drugs, same with everything. Because mm-hmm. if you're giving up freedom, then um, the kids will know when to stop. So I mm. had the same, same with the, the streets and the graffiti. Like I never did anything like really stupid. Got me killed or arrested. Mm-hmm. Time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like small time. Stuff. But the, the appeal of the, of the, I don't know, the daredevil, you know, the, you spoke of just, there was something about that, that really appealed to you. There was something about, you know, even you talked about rebelling in another way, which yeah. is, you know, going into graphic yeah. design. Right. But like, yeah. there's some energy around kind of doing things outside the norm. Yeah. that just is just kind of who feels. you are. Yeah. yeah. I also really wanted piercings and tattoos. and mm-hmm. more. I was listening to punk music. I mean, it's like graffiti and punk mentality kind of, a bit the same, you know, mm. so it's more associated with hip hop, but mm-hmm. um, I showed up in school. Well, my mom said always, like, if you have a piercing or tattoo, like, you're not allowed back in the house. Like, mm. she had, like, they put, like, real clear boundaries, you know, same mm. with everything. So, like, you have your freedom, but, you know. <laughs> um, but she was like, well, she never mentioned anything about the hair. So, when I found an older friend who had the clippers and <laughs> shaved them, shame them. And then I went to school the next day, and that's what I'm talking about with like the provincial mentality. They thought like, "Oh, here's a skinhead." Like I was like, "No, you guys are crazy!" Like it's the opposite. Like, yeah, left rebellion. Right, like, right, right. Nothing with the Nazis. Uh, like you idiots. Right. And then they're like, "Oh, you got to cover it up." So then, like put a hat on. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Oh no, hats in the classroom. So take it off. I'll put it back on." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, so no yeah, piercings was, or tattoos though. That was, uh, that was, that was where they drew the line nothing. still to this day. I'm glad not because everybody's got tattoos. So yeah, I know. Rebellion. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about, you know, this other kind of rebellion that has you getting away from the street. And, and I'm not sure if I know the story, but you'll, you'll fill in the blanks. You end up um, going into graphic design and, you know, the way you describe that is more of like a make money, you know, career. While you know. using your drawing skill. Like, mm. like what's as creative as I can be while having a a job. That- right. Right. It's this, you know, I got to like, you know, be functioning and make yeah. money and, you know, pay my own rent and yeah. whatever. But was that, was that before you went to study? Um, academically in, in the fine arts, were you already into your career when you went to get yeah. your degree or did you study no, graphic design? I, I only got a degree in graphic design. So. I see. Okay. But when I was 16, I moved to England um, to learn English mostly. School system there is very different. So like from 16 onwards, you can just choose like four subjects. And those subjects could, could be theater, film, painting, you name it, like the mm-hmm. really artistic. So that's what I, I mean, I 
I chose art, obviously, fine arts from 16 to 18. And then I went, studied graphic design back in Belgium after that. But um, I have to say, like, the A-level in England, which is the last two years, the level there was probably better than most university mm. level, like, the first year. Like, it was really great. I just had two great teachers, and they got me onto all paintings. Mm. Painting on canvas. I guess that was kind of my um, fine art education. And, and, you know, it's not uncommon and we have talked about this on other podcasts, but there's a lot of resistance in, you know, kind of making art, uh, being an artist, a working artist, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of fear about how you can make it um, and pay your bills and so I had, I had two struggling artist parents my whole life. So like yeah. most parents are like, yeah, don't be an artist because that's not a job. Right. But that, I mean, my parents had to do that with their own parents. So they had already their own rebellion and I had the opposite. Like, well, it's great. Like they obviously do what they love and they love it, but we yeah, strict minimum amount of money, but we never lacked anything. Like traveled more than all my peers. I yeah. stayed in a hotel until I was 21, but. I traveled the world. <laughs> well, was there any element of you traveling the world and, you know, kind of been being in and out of hotels and seeing your parents making it work as artists that had you want to shift more into graphic design and maybe more of a corporate professional track? I mean, yeah, obviously the fear of like being a struggling artist. I mean, but I did consider like I applied for um, fine art degree in, in Berlin, but then I went on to, uh, working in a ski resort for a few months instead of going back to my second interview. So I missed that. But, but like, <laughs> but then I was like, Oh, actually making money is like, I just really felt good for a year or two to have money and yeah. coming in every month. And that was more than both my parents combined at 20. And yeah. I was like, great. Yeah. I mean, when I realized you only get that many amount of days off per year by yeah. February, I would already use all my days off travel so much. Already, yeah. So. Yeah. So, like so what was work. it? Yeah. Right. Tell me. So tell me more like it just wasn't realized this isn't for me. Well, I liked, I liked the job, the graphic design. I was designing book covers and stuff like um, with a small studio. There was only four of us. It was great. It was three owners and me. And well, I said, guys, like I need to go part-time because how am I going to travel otherwise? Yeah. Like, yeah, but you know, we kind of need some money here full time. Yeah. I was like, well, okay, well, I'm at then. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And not knowing what you would do. I mean, it was, I was already always painting on the side and selling paintings here and there. With yeah. It and, uh, murals and stuff. I mean, yeah. So you were, you were doing, were you doing more canvas and, and studio work? More, I was doing yeah. more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I started out as like wanting to be a fine artist and I had had more solo shows and no walls. Like the walls were always like illegal or for fun or outside. Yeah. Only in 2016, I started like shit, like all my friends are making big bank. Just, I know I can paint big. Yeah. The graffiti skills. Yeah. So that's interesting. So it was in, it wasn't until 2016 that you started really getting back art. to the what street. Art? I hated the word street art. I was like, uh -huh. fuck that shit. What did you hate graffiti about it? Just that it became so commercial yeah. and, and a lot of 
artists coming into that movement with zero skill because you had all the technology you just project something and mm-hmm. and like design something and illustrate it project it and paint it and just like for me that was there was no interest for me in in that like either you either you have a great art practice or you do vandalism and then when those two things collide and combine into something great then it's great but a lot of it was I always saw it as phony mm-hmm. but there, I mean it's just the word street art because I mean I have so many friends and artists that I admire with dudes to mural but yeah. I prefer the word muralist right much more than street art yeah I think there is a difference actually you know? I mean look at Diego Rivera like there is a there's a huge history of people painting large-scale muralists like Michelangelo like yeah right it's muralist like, right great so like I'm fine with that lineage right just not find the lineage of like, oh, we, you know, graphic design is also just remixing all the imagery that already exists. Like it's not really creating anything. And yeah. a lot of the street art is a bit coming from that. Like, oh, we just like take a bit of, I call it comic soup, you know, like you, you grab a few, like a Mickey Mouse, paste a few other images right. on it in, in Photoshop and then project that on the wall. And yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, so you saw people though, that were making big money doing it and you knew you could do it. And was it, was it really that simple that, you know, you were like, Oh, I'm going to go do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I already knew so many people in that world that I always said no. Yeah. Like I had opportunities before I was traveling. Um, my ex was traveling the world doing that too. Mm-hmm. And he was like, why don't you, you know, like they want you to paint too. Like, nah. And then I was like, okay. Where did you get started? Where was your first big piece? Um, I mean, my very first commission spray paint mural was in Belgium when I was only like 14, 15. There was a circus painted uh, (laughs) clowns and hippopotamus and that on their trailers. That was my first paid job. Um, First big piece. I mean, I did. I did a whole lot of murals where you don't get paid, like yeah. the festival circuit. We, you know, like we'd always say we travel for food and shelter and, yeah. and airfare. Right. You know, like, right. It's a place you want to go, and they invite you. You just go and right. pay, and they pay the materials. Right. So and then you build a portfolio like that. Yeah. How much did social media start to really? influence your ability to get paid you know people start seeing your work i imagine you know that that's a, that's a big yeah. part of now how you know you get known and yeah. asked to to do these you know high paying gigs yeah i mean i think for us visual artists it's kind of a a blessing and a curse because i'd rather not have any social media at this point mm-hmm. but it's kind of like the only portfolio like the people who are going to hire you, you know, to spend the whole day on Instagram. Yeah. It's sadly. Yeah. People like me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you spend your whole day on Instagram? I don't, but I... I More I, than you would want to? I'm actually like okay. okay with my social media use. It doesn't mean that everybody around me is okay with it, but I, I, don't, I don't have like a feeling like I'm on it more than I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't, and that's not because I'm, I'm not on it a lot. It just doesn't bother me really. Yeah. Um, and I find it to be interesting and I like being able to discover artists. I don't mind the algorithm that like keeps feeding me things that, that, that I actually yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah. 
So it's fun for me, especially to discover people like you and to see who else is out there and follow you and then eventually, you know, get to do something together. You know, I don't know how that That used to happen. Yeah. 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 Was much more word of mouth. Yeah. I think. And like we we travel to a festival and, you know, if you click with the organization, they'll say, oh, you know, any good artists that we should invite next year. That's usually how. Yeah. But that's still how it goes too. Even yeah. though social media is like, yeah. it's like the first glance, but mm. it doesn't mean because you have a great social media account that you're going to be a great person or vice versa. Like right. You still want to. No question. I mean, it was something that, you know, I've been thinking about, you know, and definitely, you know, will follow up with you guys to say, okay, who else should we work with? Yeah. You know, because yeah. I mean, better way to get a reference you yeah. know you only see a, a small piece of the puzzle I, mean, I think that the fine art world is the same exactly yeah the same i mean any world but it's just who who you know and if you're mm-hmm. great to work with well you're more likely to get jobs than if you're not well, yeah talk a little bit about i want to i want to hear more about the pigeon um okay. camp and and kind of um how you fell into that. I, I know you got a lot of notoriety for that work and, and, and it seems like it was a mm-hmm. big part of what you were doing stylistically for a while. You know, tell me about how that came to be. Um, when I was doing gallery work earlier in my career, I was doing mostly portraits, mm-hmm. but then when I switched to then doing walls, it's like, uh, you know, paid walls and festival setting walls. I didn't want to paint portraits and walls because that's like, what most people do. Mm-hmm. You know, paint a pretty face on the wall. I was like, nah. Yeah. And also, and if, because I painted really realistically and uh, I like to work in series and I was like, as, as a street art piece, it doesn't work in series. Like I'm, I can't be painting like 20 portraits. I mean, there might be one project like that. Right. So I also, in my fun time, always painted birds just because I thought they always have like, quite funny facial expressions <laughs> and obviously street art like what what is the street bird well pigeon there's never a lack of them and i was like well it's great because any city i'd be painting and there'll be pigeons and and the wall is always by definition in the city and not in the countryside so, right so that's how it's like and i'm a bit obsessive so when i have, yeah. Subject, you know, I have yeah. to go in <laughs> yeah so you went deep on the pigeons yeah. Deep. I was like, let's see how deep I can take this. Yeah. Yeah. And you were deep because I then zoomed in and like the feathers. And, but that was already becoming like almost like organic floral. Uh huh. Yeah. Abstract. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the floral, I'm guessing, leads you back to this, this nature, uh, you know, more genre of what you're doing now, yeah. right? Was that the evolution of it? Well, I mean, like I said, I grew up like gardening with my mother, like growing around vegetables and stuff. So that was always ingrained in me. And for most people, it was during COVID. But I started before COVID when I moved to LA, started like getting back into like wanting to plant stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I was already photographing a lot of leaves and things. And I hadn't, because of what we were talking to, but last night too, like once you're known for something, it's kind of like, when do you make the step like yeah. to do something completely different? Cause you right. know, your audience is going to take another five years before they like follow your new direction. Yeah. 
So I was already like dipping, dabbing a bit in the painting leaves and the, obviously the pigeon feathers. I, I kept doing that for a long time because it was very meditative mm-hmm. kind of, it started from photographs, but then in the end was just doing it like repetitive movement. And that was great for a lot of walls where you have obstacles, a bit like staircase we had here, because mm-hmm. it kind of makes stuff disappear, a bit like a dazzle painting we used to do on ships. Sure. So that was really fun. And I still really enjoy painting those feathers. Yeah. That's like the one thing I could do with spray paint or brush, like yeah. that thinking. Yeah. It's like almost like muscle memory. Yeah. So I still like to go back to it every now and then. Yeah. But I was like, okay, like how much legs is, does this have for the rest of my life? Yeah. I know ready for something else. Yeah. And, and you and have, then, and then COVID happened. And then obviously we all had the time to like, to really explore. Grow our own food and stuff. Right. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. I know this thing. Like, yeah. It came like, came right back out of me. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny how, like what you do today is how I first came to know your work. It wasn't till I went backwards and looked at, you know, what you had done prior. So, you know, probably doesn't take as long for the audience to catch up. So what what was the first piece of mind that you saw? Oh, I don't remember what it was. Um, um, I don't remember what it was. I know the first piece I saw of yours in person was in Wynwood. And at that point we had already contracted you to come here, but I remember thinking, oh, wow. Yeah. But I don't remember. It was one of the, you know, landscape pieces. Yeah. We were originally talking to you about coming and doing something at our greenhouse project just because naturally that, you know, made sense. That whole concept is about, you know, being inspired by nature, simulated nature, uh, environments and urban settings. Okay. Know more about that. Yeah. That's a whole new concept that we're working on now. We have one under construction and the second one will start here at gravity next month. But yeah, I think it's, it's was, was interesting to me. I have been, I mean, you see, if you go through our buildings now, it's not uncommon, you know, there's big green walls and there's a lot of faux greenery. What's, what's up with the fake plants though? Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, obviously uh, it's easier to maintain. Yeah. I mean, to me, yeah. there's always a lot of thought in like all the material, like yeah. the interior design is great. All the furniture is great. Lots yeah. of wood. But then the fake plants for me, that ruins everything. Yeah. Well, listen, you know, so, no, I get that. I get that, you know, and you know, what we try to do is really push the boundary as far as we can, but we constraints, we have to operate within budgets and the realities of having live plantings to the scale that we have them, you know, hanging in ceilings and that kind of stuff. It just doesn't really work. And it's, it's, yeah, it's just not workable financially. And from a time standpoint, the maintenance that's involved, Yeah, you need a person full time. You just can't do it. And so, you know, I've had to just make peace with the idea that we can simulate natural environments as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And we do try to use a lot of wood materials and we try even on the sustainability side, I'd love to be doing more, 
but we have yeah. to try to make it work, you know, and it's yeah, not just like about make, money. You make it work for the investors because you're, I mean. Yeah. So, so it's not just about like how much money we put in our pockets. It's that going in, this is something people don't really always understand. And sometimes you get shit for because people don't understand it. Like I don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's okay. But I literally can't start a project. I cannot get the bank before the bank. I can't get the appraiser to say right unless you can show them how the financials are going to work. Yeah. So they can get paid. So they can get their return on investment. You know. What if the return on investment is, let's say, instead of a 10-year period on a 20-year period or because you use more sustainable materials, it will last longer? Like, yes. isn't there ways to rethink the whole thing? There are. There are. Once you've already, I mean, obviously, I understand with your first project, you have to. Sure. But now you're already going. Yeah. Like, surely there's some people who are backing you up. Okay, we can try something more risky now. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it definitely gets easier as you go to do more. You know, when I first started when I first started my own company back in 2011, you know, we were, we were spending a lot of money on events, you know, meditation teachings, you know, yoga, community gardens. We'd have all these things. We, we had to like, we couldn't talk about them when we went to the bank. Right. You know, that didn't, that wasn't going to work in your Mm -hmm. pro forma. They didn't see any return on that. Well, today it's a lot easier to say like, we're, we're focused on the whole being. We focus yeah. on mindfulness. There's a good chance our banker yeah. is meditating. Yeah. So, right. It gets, it easier. gets easier. It well, does. Same with the workplace. Now people understand that giving people more free time at work and stuff actually is a good. Right. I mean, Post COVID. Yeah. But it takes time. And so, you know, what we try to do is just like play a long game and keep pushing it as far as we can. But, you know, we take a lot of pride in that, like, I mean, a lot of what you see, including, you know, the amount of artwork that's in this community and the architecture, the materials, the design um, is, you know, really pushing the envelope. Mm -hmm. But but underneath it is um, something that gets us to the next project, you know. And so, you know, we keep kind of going further and further towards the aim. But this podcast is not about me. Okay, sorry. Well, I, you know, I have a lot of questions. That's okay. I don't mind. But let's talk about you a little bit more because I am curious, maybe along those lines, you know, how do you decide to keep pushing it yourself? You know, how do you decide when you want to make a change of any kind, you know, with the style or, you know, back to the studio? I know you're doing a lot of studio work. Mostly gut feeling. You know, I don't have any bankers to answer to or anything. Yeah, right. It's- it's a lot of gut feeling mm-hmm. decisions. Yeah. Just got to do it. And you just learn to trust that. I've always trusted. You've it. always trusted yeah. it. Yeah. And, and where does that, that come from? Just, I, don't know, I guess, I mean, surely my parents have some part to play in that, but yeah, it's just, I, mean, I want to do something. I'll do it. Yeah. That's always been me. Yeah. I mean, my husband always said, yeah, well, what do you mean? Like, whatever you want to do, you'll be doing it anyways. Like, why do you even ask what we want to do? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Same in the art and the studio. And so now, yeah, I want to spend more time in the studio, less time doing walls. Well, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And, and yeah, why don't you just, you know, expand on that? Tell me, you know, a little bit more about what you're doing in studio and you are expanding on now. Where do you see things that kind of, going from here well obviously i don't know where it's going that's the whole point yeah and 
going into the studio is wanting to see what happens if I do give myself the time to try stuff and experiment and fail. Yeah. Because like the last few years, I feel like there was not much room for, for failing anything. Like you have to have a plan. Like, mm-hmm. like we were talking yesterday, um, when you're painting a big wall out, outside, you, yeah, you can't really take chances and just like wing it. You have right. to kind of have a plan and yeah. you have to order your materials and stuff in advance. Like there is not much room. And I mean, that's why when I was doing the feathers, it worked well to doing projects back to back because it was something I could just do. It's the same, like, oh, you want to see a design? Well, I just like copy paste mm-hmm. previous wall onto the next kind of thing, you know, just change some colors. Or... But like in the end, there's a moment you don't get satisfaction from it, from not trying new mm-hmm. things. I'm guessing based on that, you know, you use the word fail, but I'm I'm guessing you don't really see it that way. No, more like happy accidents. Yeah, yeah. Experimentation. things and you don't know what to expect. Yeah. But you you have to try to see what's going to happen. Do you ever... Do you ever look at something you're doing and, and not like it, not feel like, you know, it's good? I mean... Um, it, I always think it's pretty good because I put a lot of work and a lot of myself into it, but the art I like is usually the way more abstract and gestural and like almost like, boom, here, yeah. taking the pit. It's not taking the piss. It's like... Um, I see people having fun yeah. painting what they're painting, and a lot of my work is almost painful to make. You know, like uh-huh. it's like going the distance. Yeah, but maybe that's just me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a marathon runner too. Like, I like going the extra miles. Yeah. Maybe that's my work's always going to be like that, and I have to let go of the idea that I will one day just paint like something in two seconds. And, but I'd like to at least try. Yeah, yeah. You know? Why not? Yeah. You might as well. Yeah. What you mentioned marathon running. So tell me a little bit about that. And, and, you know, kind of, I've also run a few marathons, so I, I get it, but I'm curious for you, you know, what it is about that, that, um, serves you. Well, I haven't run any in a long time, actually, but yes, I did three, four ones. I did many, many half marathons, which is a bit more. Yeah. Of an okay distance for your body. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for the training. Yeah. I mean, I was fine with the training. It's more like the injuries in the long run. Like, yeah. You keep standing, like running in the end. It's not great for your joints and stuff. Yeah. But now I'm, I'm doing much more like yoga and very short workouts. Yeah. Like 20 minutes rather than just for time reasons. Yeah. Because of that, the whole studio thing, like, I always feel frustrated that I don't have enough hours in the studio yeah so if you add marathon training yeah that's a big commitment yeah but But i love it i mean yeah the kick i got from running but i guess i get it now out of just doing yoga clearing your head kind of Mm -hmm. thing do you have any other creative outlets like outside of the studio is there anything else that we talked a little bit about you know cooking but like i started painting because i needed an outlet Mm -hmm. outside of creating you know, buildings. Do you have something like that? Well, obviously create. I mean, when, when creating is your like day job all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like 
So we, I guess. I then... mean, like, okay, on a regular day, like, I get up at six, do a twenty-minute, half-hour yoga, have breakfast, and go to the studio. Yeah. And then make lunch. I always cook fresh food, lunch and dinner. So that's like at least a good hour. Have yeah. a nap, then go back to the studio for another five hours. Yeah. It's your day gone. You don't right. want to then after go and do something creative. Yeah, right. Just go. But yeah, I mean, go see other art shows. That's what I do. Yeah. I see a lot of openings. I mean, you can go to 15 gallery openings every Saturday if you want to. Right. So. Yeah, I guess it's that's a good point. You know, when you're you're in it as much as you are, it's really more about outlets you yeah. know they don't have to be creative yeah. outlets but walking walking in nature yeah 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 and then you know going to see exhibits i mean yeah. that's also yeah. very stimulating very stimulating sometimes feels like work sometimes stimulating sometimes fun but you kind of have to do it like you're part of that community is almost like a duty too like yeah support each other I want, I want my other artist friends to come and see it like yeah. it's almost like a no-brainer like yeah i could not not go and see shows. Yeah. I always went to see lots of exhibitions. Even like in the, when I was doing my graphic design degree, we had a good um, art history teacher and he sent us, it's like, guys, you have to go and see at least like 50 shows a year, which is not that many, like mm. one a week. Mm. And most students were struggling because you'd have to like have a little sketchbook report. My sketchbook was like this. That's, I really enjoyed doing it. Like, yeah. It was like, yeah, obviously like part of, it's part of the practice to also go and see mm -hmm. what other people are doing. Yeah. Do you, do you ever worry about, um, kind of seeing things that, that inform your work, um, in a way that's like more than you want it to? I mean, how do you yeah. kind of separate like what you like about other artists and then, you know, keeping your own unique style? I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever copied anything, like, yeah. even if you tried, but yeah. if you do, I mean, it's like telling a musician that they shouldn't listen to music because it's going to inform their music too much. Right. I mean, everything in a way is a remix, like every right. melody in the world has already been invented a thousand times by different people in different times and places. Yeah. Like, and same with the visual arts, like, I mean... If you start getting, like, stuck on this idea of, oh, this has already been done, I can't do it, right? then you might as well stop. Yeah. And, and to the point of the melody and the, the musical aspect, you know, knowing especially that you grew up around music, how much does music play a role in your work? Do you, do you I know when you're on the wall, we talked, you listen to books, you listen to music, yeah. but in the studio too, do you yeah. need music to kind of help you get into a, a space? I do like silence too, but I definitely like music. Um, I do listen to music probably like, I mean, if I'm not listening to a book, most likely listening to music. Mm -hmm. um, when you're painting yeah. and you're. If, if I was painting at the moment, I've always had studios in very urban environments. So there's so much like outside noises and stuff yeah. that you'd want to have music to come yeah. the rest of like yeah. to get in your space. But. I mean, maybe one day I'll have a big studio in the middle of nowhere and just listen to the birds singing. Outside. Yeah. But that's kind of music too. Yeah, sure, right? sure. I'm wondering, I don't know, this is just like something that I've been wondering. You, um, can you comprehend, it seems like you'd be like, you know, patting your stomach and rubbing your head, you know, that you're listening to a book and painting at the same time. 
You're able to do both. Yeah, yeah. It helps each other. It's it's not the same parts of the brain. I right. Know. I mean, it's just like driving and listening to a book, right? It's kind of complements each other. Yeah, I guess for you, you know, for like me, I have I to think a lot work. more about what I'm painting. So, what, if you're listening to a book, you're not doing anything else at the same time? Um, I like to listen to, no, I like to walk, you know, or in my car, but the car is sort of mindless to me. And so I'm wondering like for you is, is the painting. It shouldn't be though. Like the car, we all drive mindlessly, but I know, but I feel like I can just do it in my sleep. You know, I know, I know me too. I mean, like we could be mindful doing everything, but to me, if I'm painting and not listening to a book and listening to music, for instance, the minute I'm starting hearing a song I don't like, or I'm listening to a radio station that I like, but they start playing something I don't like, then it takes me out of it. I have to fucking find something else. Like, right. uh, what am I going to listen to now? Yeah. Or, or like, I'll go on my phone or go make a cup of tea. Like, it's very much harder to stay focused for longer periods of time. But if you have a gripping book, mm-hmm. three hours. That makes sense. It helps each other. You can get in the zone a little bit. Yeah. Your hands, you're not listening with your hands. Right. It's completely different parts of the brain, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I can't listen to a book and and like write an email because like language and language doesn't work. Right. Right. One part is language, the other one is. I get it. I think it has something to do with your gift, though, that, you know, for you, for me, in order to, paint at least have you tried it though i haven't i haven't try it yeah i guess maybe i'll try it you never know well i also think it's part of like where i am like as an artist in that like i haven't uh let go and surrendered to the act of painting making it you know more effortless it requires like yeah, more headspace for me you don't have your was it ten thousand hours right yeah right Right. Because you do it as a, like a hobby or like yeah. something to right. get you in different headspace, but not, it's not your. Yeah. Very still, true. Still try and paint. I mean, I don't know, like, unless you're like throwing paints and then sitting back and looking at what you. Yeah. Which is what I do, but. Or if you paint words, then maybe you have yeah, no. language and language. Yeah. No, I'll try all, it. All I'll my, try it. All my paint work is quite meditative repetitive like yeah plants like yeah you know there's there's a phase where i'm really thinking where things go but then there's hours and hours of just going right yeah i've watched you i've seen you know i've seen you do that and it does look like you're sort of in a meditative state just just going um okay kept me sane all all these years yeah i bet I bet. I mean, it's a lot of hours being up yeah. there and often, you know, being alone. Yeah. Well, All right. So yeah. tell me, you meet Alex and, and, you know, we talked a little bit about like, you couldn't be with somebody that was nine to five, but what's it like to be, you know, married to another artist and how much of your work do you guys talk about? Do you share, you know, how much of it is, you know, really a part of your relationship too? Uh, yeah, I guess well, we talk about it probably all the time. Yeah. <laughs> or talk about our work or other people's work or what we've just seen or like, yeah. 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 It's, it's nice. probably really nice. Yeah. It's like constant feedback. Yeah. But if you ask Alex, he would say it's not nice when you have unwanted <laughs> feedback. So 
I'm not allowed. When we had two studios in our house in Belgium, we had a studio in the attic and I had mine downstairs. I wasn't even allowed in the studio because I would just give unwanted feedback. Gotcha. And asked for. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, speaking of. We often share the studio and be in the same space. So then you just have to just be, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I would imagine you need some separation too. Yeah. No, I mean, it gets, sometimes it gets a bit much like traveling together and painting together, but luckily we also have our own yeah. projects, but then, then people like you just invite us both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's been fun to have you both here. Speaking of feedback, advice, you know, for the listeners, for others out there that admire you and your work and are hoping to, to do um, some of the same, have some of the same success, you know, what, what, what is your advice? What do you recommend to people that are, you know, trying to find a way to really make it, um, as an artist? I always find this one a tough one because obviously everyone's different. If you really want to be an artist, just make sure you're an artist and not something else. Yeah. There's so many artists out there just have a day job and even like growing up all the painters that my parents knew they were always just painting on the side with the job but like how much further would you have taken it if and obviously there's a period where it's scary and risky but if you don't go past that then you'll never go past it yeah like yeah. you want to paint like you know you might be a great painter but as long as you're doing all this other bullshit you're not going to be a painter right? <laughs> right. right 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 but you're a great developer and you're doing things like other people haven't done yet and yeah. so that's that's probably that's your passion you're calling otherwise you wouldn't be spending your day doing it right yeah i mean it's well you know i think maybe maybe this will be a question for you but you know for me it's an evolution and it's really more about my own personal evolution. So I think I went into real estate in part because I did love architecture and I, and I always have, but really architecture was sort of just the, the, the the kind of the format, you know, the the medium, like I really like the act of being creative. Mm -hmm. That's what really you know, it's underneath all of it. And I had, you know, kind of a conditioning around money and, and business and, you know, what, what a man was supposed to do that, that sort of allowed for development Mm -hmm. to, you know, check all the boxes that I thought were, were right. And so what I've been doing is really figuring out how to be an artist as a developer. Yeah. Right. And I'm not sure if that will or continue to stick developer. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But it might end up being that I realize at some point I, I want to just paint. I don't yeah. know. You know, yeah. that's okay. It's all yeah. kind of leading yeah, I mean, to the we, next we thing. We don't have to do one thing our whole lives either. Like right. Just, right. But I mean, like in terms of like creating really good art, I think if you're not spending your whole day doing it, yeah. then, you know, like my sister's a musician. She's super talented. Like she could write music without any. Yeah. I I can't write music. Yeah. I might have a creative brain, but that's Chinese to me. Like, I do write a piece of music. Mm -hmm. She doesn't spend time working on her music. I'm like, like, how are you? Like, you never spent like anything. Yeah. Because it has to flow naturally. And how, how will it flow? It doesn't matter how talented you are. Like, talent is cheap. You can, there's talented people everywhere. Yeah. You know, but it's 
to earn his talent and hard work, determination, yeah. and like just being there. And even if you're in the studio not doing anything, just being there, I think. Yeah. To the point, like, obviously, like, I just now always think about painting, like, yeah. Just like, yeah. Don't think about anything else. Yeah, it doesn't feel like work. It's it's just what you no. love. It's what you. I mean, it feels who like you are. work. Like you know, like I'm painting this wall, but it right. feels like work. Like it doesn't mean it's easy. And yeah, yeah. And I hate it. Like probably fifty percent of the time. Yeah. Or even going to the studio. Yeah. But I mean, like. Yeah. I. I kind of like it too. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, a I bit of a masochist. You know? <laughs> well, no, I think it's a really important thing for for people to hear. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, just on that note, yeah. people always say, "Oh, isn't it wonderful that you get to do what you love?" Right. Like as a living. Yeah. It's like, well, the minute it becomes your work, you don't love it most of the time. Yeah. You know. Like yeah. Getting. I mean, I've painted in the rain and right. snow and like, right. 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. Like, right. you think I'm enjoying this? Right. Like, right. hell no. Right. But I get a satisfaction from it. Right. From the completion. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. I think that is often lost. And especially maybe, you know, I don't know if I'm, you know, getting old, but like more today than ever. And I've gone through that myself where I'm like, I don't like this. You know, I don't, I'm not having fun. Right. This yeah. isn't fun. And, you know, even recently, you know, we've had some challenges. I'm like, this is not fun. But at the end of the day, you're like, yeah. well, nothing truly is yeah, like all like, the time, is, you know? Is the alternative more fun? No, right, right. Not, That's right. The alternative would be doing something that you like even less. So. Right, right, right. People so don't, forget. they kind of romanticize. Well, same with athletes. People yeah. romanticize it because people play basketball or golf. For fun, you right. know, as their hobby. So I imagine doing that for your living. I mean, look at Tiger Woods. You think he fucking enjoyed right. playing? I mean, it's all day, ruined right. his life too. Like, right, 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 um, right. It's, a, it's it can be, you know, it's it's one of the things that I've I've learned that I think life will teach you um, what you need to learn, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, it's better so to find things. Right. The same. Like in the end, we're all heading the same way. It's just a yeah. different same. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, unless, I mean, like, I guess living like a Zen monk seems appealing at times, yeah. but then we'll probably be bored. Like, yeah. like you or I. Like, yeah. Like, where's the thrill? Yeah, right. But, I mean, I'm sure it'd be happy. Yeah. Same routine every day. No yeah. No. Pretty, pretty simple. Well, I'm glad our paths have crossed and it's great to have you here in Columbus and have spent some time with you over the last yeah. couple of weeks and really honored to have your work, you know, part of this community for forever. So yeah, thank you. Any other, well, then we'll bring you back, but any final thoughts for the audience? Well, I hope you all enjoy the work out there, gravity, the yeah. meadow. Go and sit there on the benches, yeah. which will be completed very soon. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, bring in the birdies and the grass. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, thanks again. I've enjoyed having the conversation and, and having you here. Yeah. All right. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. 
Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak. 